Can you say mascara? Mascara. There are incredible lengths that some women will go to to keep growing their followers. We forget when we're scrolling through that that's not real and that this is all calculated for consumption. The verdict for a mommy blogger who falsely accused a couple of trying to kidnap her children. It's a double-edged sword to have the massive following. Yeah, I know me, genuine leather, same OG. No one was innocent. Everyone has hooked up with, like, everyone in the situation. I am not a swinger. I have never swung. So your followers can turn against you overnight. I experienced my first real panic attack, just, like, rocking back and forth, hyperventilating. A lot of Mormon women started blogging about their lives. It doesn't hurt that a lot of these Mormon moms are beautiful and white. Tell me about the birth of Scary Mommy. They say you need a village. I didn't have a village at all. <laughs> Being an Asian mom content creator, I definitely see that we're not represented as well. It inspires me to like, you know what? Well, I'm gonna take up space. Ready with me to be on TV. It's a Hulu series called Impact, and uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm here, we are filming, and I'm really excited to share with you guys what it's like to be a momfluencer. Okay, so we are currently rolling, <laughs> and I am ready. As you like, share, and send the latest viral videos or meme with your friends, coworkers, and family. Do you think that this is a good Mother's Day gift? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You might have come across Miranda McCorder. Get ready with me using a full face of She Glam products only. Can you say mascara? Mascara. Yeah, good job. She's known as a content creator, a TikToker, but her favorite title, mom. In a world where social media stars become household names, she's part of an online community that some people know as momfluencers. And her followers, more than one million of them, some are downright obsessed. Mommy, when we made this today. Is this way too much pink with this top or should I put a different top on? I want to give a top on. Yeah. There's definitely a stereotype <laughs> when it comes to momfluencer. Okay, I never finished giving the full fit check, but I have the jewelry on that I always wear, and you can just get it on Amazon. So, it's in my storefront if you're interested. <laughs> All right, draft that bad boy. I think it's a great way to be able to be at home with your kids while also bringing in income for your family. I really did find some purpose aside from motherhood in it. But there's also a dark side to all of this. Miranda unknowingly got pulled into one of the biggest scandals in momfluencing. Oh, everything about it was overwhelming. And I honestly did not think I would make it through that. There's a controversial corner of the internet on which everyone has an opinion, known as momfluencing, and it might have infiltrated your algorithm. 
Some of the posts make motherhood look effortless and easy when we know it's not. Describe for me the difference between that sort of sanitized, everything's fine, mm -hmm. versus the real side of, yeah. of motherhood. We forget when we're scrolling through that that's not real and that this is all calculated for consumption. We're hungry to see images of motherhood that look nothing like our own lives as mothers. Some women have followings in the tens of thousands or even in the millions, sharing tips and tricks to parenting. When moms are scrolling Instagram at 2 a.m., they are being sold a completely unrealistic version of motherhood and a lot of very expensive mom products. Posting everything from their kids' hair routines to back-to-school hacks, monetizing the mommy lifestyle pushing products, brand deals, and partnerships to their followers. We have been loving Origel Sage 3 toothpaste for all of the kids. It's a lucrative industry that's only growing, with so many wanting in on the action. We're here at Mom 2.0. We have businesses and we have kids and we can do it all. Historically, there has been a sort of typical mom influencer that brands flocked to. A white woman, typically late 20s, early 30s, multiple children, a lot of blondes, and very beautiful. Beautiful in like TV beauty way. But some of these picture-perfect lives online are not what they're cracked up to be. The big business of influencing going hand-in-hand -hand with the scandals and controversies behind the screen. Mom influencing is a job, but to keep that business going, to keep the money coming in, they have to grow their audience. They have to keep their followers engaged. There are incredible lengths that some women will go to to keep growing their followers. This is hard for me. I'm not ready to share this story, but I, I know it's important. Like 31-year-old momfluencer Kathleen Soren who was found guilty after falsely accusing a Latino couple of attempting to kidnap her children at a store in California in December 2020. Monday of this week, my children were the targets of attempted kidnap. And I want to share that story with you in an effort to raise awareness as to what signs to look for um, and to just encourage parents to be more aware of their surroundings. Sorensen posted this video telling the fake story of the alleged kidnapping on her Instagram account at the time. The video going viral and viewed more than 4 million times. She was eventually found guilty of filing a false police report and admitted that there was no kidnapping attempt. Now she could face up to six months in jail. The falsely accused couple later appearing on Inside Edition. She wanted a stronger following. She was looking for, you know, content for her fame and her, her income um, and at our expense. But sometimes it's the audiences who take it too far. Some of us doom scroll until the wee hours of the night to stay up to date on the latest drama. Hate following is when you have people that will follow a brand to only comment, troll. It's obsession. It's, a, it's an obsessive thing to do. You follow someone that you can't stand or that maybe makes you feel bad about yourself or you're following them just to talk shit about them, but you follow them anyway because you get kind of a zing, an adrenaline rush from being able to dislike them so strongly. Now put your hands all the way back. No! 
No one was able to look away from their group chat blowing up their phones when rumors swirled about New York City fashion blogger and brand influencer Ariel Charnas, also known online as Something Navy. Some dedicated followers and haters took to the internet trying to take down the social media pioneer's business and personal life. So your followers can turn against you overnight, and it can literally happen at the drop of a dime. It's a double-edged sword to have the massive following. You're not just opening yourself up to that community that you once wanted to connect with. You're opening yourself up to all the trolls. Gossip of embezzlement and divorce swarmed Reddit threads, eventually making it to mainstream media. A Business Insider expose was speculated to uncover the truth into the Charnas family. After the release of the article, popular podcasts like The Toast broke down the nothing burger of the not-so-slam piece. We have the Charnas file. The 20-page article that was so dumb. In the end, a spokesperson denied the allegations, and Charnas never acknowledged the rumors. Friday night, looking right, feeling better than I usually do. But perhaps the most salacious headline of them all, the Mormon mom talk community scandal. Yeah, I know me, genuine leather, same OG. A very famous online friend group of Mormon moms in Utah who would get together to film videos for their socials. Some were funny. Wait, go ahead for one sec, I'm gonna get a solo shot. Some were trendy. Miranda quickly became a part of this crew. Becoming a, an influencer or a content creator it was never like a huge ambition or, or goal of mine necessarily. Um, it was kind of something that initially I started as a hobby with some friends and then one thing led to another and it kind of started to grow. At the heart of the group was Taylor Frankie Paul, a mom of two who seemed to have it all. Their videos continuously going viral, with followers joking and questioning if the women were sister wives. I really enjoyed the time that I spent with the girls that I made content with and so many friendships that I, I made through that. But last year, Taylor sent shockwaves through her following, announcing that she was getting a divorce. The reason? She said she and her husband had been involved in what she called soft swinging, but that she took it too far. I don't know what you would call it if it's like soft swinging, but you don't like fully switch, if that makes sense, and go all the way. And to be honest, I did, we had an agreement, like all of us, and I did step out of that agreement. Um, and that's where I messed up. Once upon a time, and the internet went wild. Some fans from all around the world started speculating about who the other swingers involved were. No one was innocent. Everyone has hooked up with like everyone in the situation. Internet gossip accounts and Reddit threads dredging up social media speculation, breaking down the Utah mom drama. Some super fans dissecting the drama and spilling the tea. This is part two of the Taylor Frankie Paul Mormon mom swinger drama. All members of the group targeted by the speculation quickly denied their involvement. Well, shit. Just as quick as mom talk was created is just as quick as it's being deflated. It's so interesting to me that people are asking Taylor to basically clear their name. And I'm like, fuck that. Clear my own name. I don't even know why mom talk was mentioned. I am not a swinger. I have never swang. 
At the time, Miranda issued her own denial, going live on her TikTok with her husband addressing the rumors. Taylor and I have been chatting like on our on messages, and I, you know, told her, you know, like, why did you make it seem that we're we're involved? We were involved in this. We had nothing to do with the divorce. We never soft soft swapped with anybody. We reached out to Taylor for comment and didn't hear back. I always thought that I was someone that like had really tough skin. I didn't really care what people thought. And now, a year later, in her first ever TV interview she's given since the scandal broke, Miranda's trying to move on. But is moving on ever possible when you have over one million followers online scrutinizing your every move? If somebody likes or dislikes me because of something they heard or what they are perceiving, not because of they actually know who I truly am. I think that's what's so hard because I'm just like, when you do feel like you are completely out of control in any situation in life, obviously it's, it's a pretty scary, pretty scary feeling for sure. What Miranda wants you to know is that there's a real person behind the handle when some keyboard warriors take it too far. I experienced my first real panic attack, which I had never had before, just like rocking back and forth, hyperventilating. She says it took her months to heal, and now she's hoping to reclaim her narrative. I'm really proud of myself for how far I've come. I learned so much from these situations, and I know for a fact I'm a better person because of it. I know so many people that will post five times a day. I wish that I could, but it's not at the top of the priority list, um, not even as much as it used to be. And again, it's something I'm so grateful for, but I, I just feel like I've had a little bit of a priority shift. And part of that priority shift is leaving the Utah mom talk sphere altogether, moving back to her hometown in Idaho. I have seen so many people see, say like, Miranda just moved out of Utah to like get away from everything and everyone in Utah. And, and though that wasn't the sole reason, I'm like, I have no shame admitting that I was like, see ya, <laughs> this is toxic for me and my mental health. But for some moms, it's not that simple to escape the pressure. Oh. In early May, one of the pioneers of mommy blogging, Heather Armstrong, died by suicide at 47 years old. The trailblazer was known for her raw honesty about her children and relationships, eventually documenting her battles with depression and alcoholism on her site, Deuce.com, which she started in 2001. Everything has been said about me. You know, my teeth are crooked, I'm ugly. Um, I'm not a good mother. In 2008, she sat down with Nightline to discuss how unorthodox it was for a mom at that time to share the hardships of motherhood. Always overshared, and my website is, is a direct extension of my personality. She made it a career, sharing that life with others. In 2019, in an interview with Vox, Heather said that although she'd struggled with depression since college, she believed one of the major depressive episodes she experienced in her life was likely a consequence of sharing her life online so publicly for so long. When my family discovered my website, it was the day after I had written um, a martini-fueled diatribe against religion. <laughs> and it was 
devastating for them. Although she broke up with the church early on, Heather was born and raised Mormon. And that's not just a coincidence. So many of the original mom influencers come from the Mormon faith. And there's a lot of reasons for that. May I ask you to join the conversation by participating on the internet. This is the beginning of the Mormon mom monopoly. Church elder and faith leader M. Russell Ballard speaking to Brigham Young University's Hawaii campus graduates over 15 years ago. Share the gospel and explain in simple, clear terms the message of the restoration. The Mormon religion really does emphasize journaling and chronicling your life. And when the internet and blogging came about, they encouraged women to take advantage of blogs to try to spread the Mormon faith. You can start a blog in minutes and begin sharing what you know to be true. And so a lot of women took this on. A lot of Mormon women started blogging about their lives. And those blogs turned into influencing Instagram accounts. It doesn't hurt that a lot of these Mormon moms are beautiful and white and blonde, and they have a lot of children. Influencing is a multi-billion dollar industry. Mom influencers make up about 30% of that total. You have to have at least 100,000 followers on Instagram to be making any kind of real decent money off of your feeds. That's when you start to get into the six figure ranges. Then when you have a mom influencer who has over a million followers, who is incredibly dedicated to her content creation, that's when you can really start seeing the big money and the million dollar a year contracts. They're essentially running media empires. But why are brands paying mom influencers that much money to post? It's in part because of the spending power of millennials, which according to a 2020 study by CrowdTap, amounts to an estimated $2 trillion. Hi. Brittany Jack works with clients, including momfluencers. How are you? To help build their businesses and bring in lucrative brand deals. If I can up my social media presence. Yeah, the content we talked about, yeah. When I first opened, I only used photographers, I only used, you know, videographers. Now I'm trying to do it on my own. But she was like, no, no, no. So what we're gonna do is we're going to do quality content. These women are able to leverage that invisible labor, that behind the scenes, just gritty reality of being a mother and build an empire off it. I mean, these women are literally taking something from literal nothing or taking the hardest moments of their life or taking something that, you know, was a struggle for them and turning it into opportunities. here at Mom 2.0. You may recognize some of the people behind me. So many of your favorite mom bloggers and mommy influencers, they are here to learn some new tips and tricks to help them continue building that audience so many of you are probably a part of. What is your whole take on, on this industry? Being raw about the motherhood experience is the key to my success. What has been the benefit to you in coming all these years? Seeing what sort of platforms are coming up, what's happening next, and there's some magic that can really be made here. What are you hoping to learn here at Mom 2.0? To come here and see that it, I can make money from it, it can be a business, is really encouraging. I know. 
Women from all over the country have descended on the Mom 2.0 Summit in Scottsdale, Arizona. And they told us they're just trying to get a slice of that momfluencer pie. I'm a little nervous. It's been a long time since I've come to one of these conferences and I've been really out of this world for a while. Jill Smokler, nervous? You might not recognize her face, but you'd recognize her brand. She's the woman behind Scary Mommy. It's been seven years and it feels very rusty. And it also has changed so much. The queen of mommy blogging, the author of the playbook on how to make it into a business. But the rules have changed, and Jill is just trying to get back in the game. How did things evolve as social media evolved? What was that shifting landscape like for you? I felt like it shifted from natural, organic content into more calculated yeah. content. Um, and my life is not that way, so I couldn't even, even if I tried, I could not portray that type of image. Um, and I wouldn't want to. Jill created Scary Mommy in 2008 on a whim one day while her kids were napping. The mom of three quickly became obsessed with blogging and creating one of the first of its kind, a world for imperfect motherhood. Tell me about the birth of Scary Mommy, which is so cool because I follow Scary Mommy and like I've known about it for years. Tell me how it's all started. It started super organically as a mommy blog where I just wanted to document the kids, just the real side of parenthood. And then I got a comment from some anonymous person and I was like, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Why is somebody commenting? And then I clicked on her blog from, from her comment, and I just discovered this whole world of blogging that I had no idea existed. So once you discovered this community, how did you, and what made you want to continue to tap into that? I just didn't have my people in real life. I didn't have, you know, they say you need a village. I didn't have a village at all. And through blogging, I was able to meet that whole, you know, a whole community of moms who know exactly what's happening, know that you're, you know, up dealing with a blowout diaper, you know what that means, yeah, you, know, yeah. <laughs> you know, that you know, you know, that nursing might not come easily and moms are struggling with that at 3 a.m. Um, so just all of, there's so much that brings moms together. That's so funny because, yeah, when, when a mom is talking to another mom and you say a blowout, you're not thinking about hair. <laughs> It was those personal stories that propelled her to success. But as her babies grew, she wondered how to stay in the game. If I want to continue mommy blogging, I need to have a fourth baby because yeah. there's no content. Like that really crossed your mind. I mean, in a snarky way, but yes, yeah. it actually did. So after garnering millions of followers, Jill sold the blog to a major media company in 2015, a groundbreaking deal at the time. Jill is now working on her comeback. Part of her second act? Creating her new brand, She's Got Issues, including a podcast talking about her next chapter in life. Hi, everyone. I'm Jill Smokler, and I've got issues. It's sort of where Scary Mommy left off, where I am now with older kids, with aging parents, with physical changes. I mean, I told you when we started, I was having a hot flash. <laughs> we talk about that stuff a lot because it's very um, timely. So how have you as an individual, you as a mom, you as a woman, how 
different are you coming to She's Got Issues mm -hmm. than you were starting Scary Mommy? Not very different because I feel like Scary Mommy started because I needed that at the time and I feel that way again. I feel like there are not resources for women my age that are you know, resourceful facts but also done in a funny way and just hitting different emotions and that's, yeah, that's what I'm hoping to create. So now she's here at Mom 2.0 trying to gain it all back. New followers, new content, new branding. Pivoting not only her brand, but her life. What are the challenges? Because social media, the whole mommy influencer game has completely changed. Yep. Well, the challenges are when I sold my company, I sold all of my social media reach and handles. So and that's everything. That's everything. Right? It was every account, every everything. So starting over with no following um, was tough and is tough. What do you think that those very curated, life is all good, mommy is the best thing ever, what do you think the impact of that can be? I imagine that's putting a lot of pressure on the kids to feel like you're being raised by a perfect mother. I feel like my kids' generation were really the first wave of mommy blog kids. Yeah. But the wave of the perfect mommy blog kids, you know, is yet to come, so. But there seems to be a growing movement of mothers on social media who are ditching the idea of posting pristine images of their flawless family. How do I make changing diapers sexy? Breaking out of that picture-perfect mold are mom influencers like Rosie Wen. In the beginning, I stuck to the things that were nice, right? I was like, well, I should have a clean home, right? It just didn't feel genuine after a while. And she's doing it her own way. Creating content about the invisible labor some moms take on. Cracking jokes and writing skits about the messy side of motherhood. So at some point I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna just show up as me. Like, I'm wearing my husband's boxers because ever since I had a kid, it was just comfortable. Like, I, <laughs> I can't let it go, right? Yeah, um, watch me, watch me. Rosie created The Hustling Mama back in 2017. And what blew my mind was that brands started reaching out and they were like, we want you to be just you. And I was like, stop. And you're gonna pay me? But when she first entered the mom-fluencing world, she says she didn't see many moms who looked like her. Being an Asian creator and an Asian mom content creator, I definitely see that we're not represented as well. There are brands who you can scroll through their feed and it's like not a single diverse person is like on there, right? And it's really discouraging, but at the same time, it inspires me to like, you know what? Well, I'm gonna take up space. 
there are a lot of moms of color that are breaking into the industry that are having a significant impact and helping to shift that narrative. The brands are starting to understand the importance of becoming more real, right? And becoming more relatable. And so they're going to the moms of color, the moms that are just kind of showing themselves in the messy middle, right? More um, quickly than they are reaching out to maybe the more of the affluent influencer types that, you know, have the picture perfect lifestyle. Rosie is inserting herself into the mix, even if it means making sacrifices. There was a brand that reached out and they were like, you know, you would be our first Asian content creator. I was like, the pay was not that, you know, it was below what I would usually charge, but I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it for a whole year. And I just cranked out content with, you know, family content and their feet started showing Asian families. And I loved it. I was like so proud of it. And then after my term was up, I noticed they brought in like two or three other Asian families and I was just thrilled, right? Little, little wins like that means a lot to me. A recent study by MSL, a public relations agency, showed that white influencers made 29% more than influencers of color. For black influencers, the gap was even wider at 35%. I'm not surprised that, you know, we have the white influencers that are getting paid maybe, you know, or drastically different than a creatives of color because oftentimes I think we're just happy to be in this space and we're just grateful for the opportunity. Whereas our counterparts may you know, be more well-versed in this space. So they're happy to go in and talk numbers and make certain demands. But I think that's beginning to change, especially as their transparency grows in this space. I think as that transparency continues to grow and that demand continues to grow, that things will definitely change. There's conversations even within the creative community. We're like, that is some BS. Like how could they be so like low-balled, right? And so just being able to stay on top of that and be educated, you can get um, higher value or one that you think you're worth. Rosie says influencing can be about more than just numbers. She hopes it continues to create connection. Through social media, I created this online village, this community, right? You're at home behind your screen, right? So being able to actually have people write and comment something that actually resonated with me was like, it was like a high, I was like, wow, I can't, like, it's a mom being able to socialize again. I realized through the social media that I'm really passionate about building a community. Whether the curated content is pristine or more authentic, these digital creators are going to keep making money off of our fascination for them. Is it too much? Maybe. But no matter what it looks like to you, these influencers will continue to share the topic they love the most. Whoa! Being a mom.